Welcome to another episode of On My Mind. I'm Shelley Griffith, and this week I've been thinking about a problem that millions of people have, and I was talking to some friends about it earlier, and it is on neuropathy, N-E-U-R-O-P-A-T-H-Y. Many of you and I have at times had different forms of neuropathy, and let's start with the definition of it so we can keep this uh, in mind as to what it really means. It is a nerve problem that causes pain, numbness, tingling, swelling, or muscle weakness in different parts of the body. Usually starts in the hands and feet and worsens over time. There are three basic types of neuropathy that we can look at today. One is motor, which is damage to nerves through accidents such as auto accidents. Uh, other trauma, falls, and this is perhaps the most serious that we face because it's hard to actually treat this. Sensory, S-E-N-S-O-R-Y, neuropathy is the form that most of us feel, and that's this numbness, tingling, loss of sensation in our feet and hands. Certainly this can be a major problem uh, if we cannot sense where we are stepping that can create the issue with falls, as you can imagine. Then the other is autonomic, A-U-T-O-N-O-M-I-C, which in general refers in medical literature to something that is uh, internally felt, such as breathing, heartbeat, and so forth. Peripheral neuropathy is what we hear about so much, and certainly P-R-I-P-H-E-R-A-L, this is neuropathy that is actually outside the brain or the spinal cord, but created through potential damage to those structures. Arms, hands, feet, legs, face, mouth, and the internal organs. And to reiterate, causes can be injury, systemic illness in the body, infection, hormonal imbalance, medications, and occasionally this is inherited from our parents. There are supposedly 100 different types of neuropathy. Certainly can't get into that today. Mononeuropathy usually involves one major nerve, polyneuropathy, different nerves. And it's possible that maybe up to 50% of patients with diabetes have it. And diabetes is clearly the major cause of peripheral neuropathy. Supposedly 2.5% of the the U.S. population has it, 8% of the patients over age 65, and maybe up to one-third of those of us who are older than 70 could have some form of the motor symptoms that we feel, as you can imagine, would be muscle cramps, twitching of the muscles, weakness of the muscles, unexplained, and then toward end stage of that muscle wasting, loss of the muscle mass, and then very, very tragically paralysis. The sensory that we get, most of us have had this at one time or another, pins and needles we call it, like hitting your funny bone on the arm and that uh, doesn't last long, but in neuropathy this pins and needles sensation can be very, very long term, very debilitating. Uh, numbness of the area, increased pain or burning, and then sharp, sharp pain. The autonomic or internal form, 
diarrhea, constipation, nausea, bloating, significant GI symptoms like that, fainting, dizziness, sweating. Loss of bowel or bladder control has been associated with forms of neuropathy and sexual dysfunction. Causes of neuropathy are multiple, and one of the things that we see quite a bit are autoimmune diseases. We're getting a lot more publicity on that over the last few years, such as systemic lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, Sjogren's syndrome, which we've had a program on in the past, kidney disease, liver disease, blood vessel, vascular disease, certainly with smokers, blood diseases, the trauma that I mentioned, not just accidents, but falls, broken bones, carpal tunnel syndrome is very common. That's a form of neuropathy. And interestingly, inactivity. Think about how often we just don't feel like doing much of anything. We're sedentary, watch TV, sit around, never move. And inactivity will lead to peripheral neuropathy along with these other causes. Another cause, as you might expect, chronic alcoholism. The situation in alcoholics, just these other things we talk about with trauma, but the alcohol itself destroying the uh, liver. Toxic chemical exposure in the workplace, especially heavy metals. So those workers can have this over a long period of time. Multiple infections will cause the neuropathy. Herpes simplex, just simple fever blisters, can cause this. Shingles, I think anyone who's had the shingles certainly will tell you how painful it can be and the dilemmas that they face. Epstein-Barr virus, which creates chronic fatigue syndrome, is also a major problem. And then more publicity is occurring in the last number of years about Lyme disease causing things. HIV and AIDS would certainly lead to neuropathic changes. A lot of medications can cause neuropathy, and especially if you are on them for a lengthy period of time. Anticonvulsant therapy will do this. Antibiotics, various types of antibiotics will do this. Some high blood pressure medications will be listed as causing neuropathy. Cancer drugs of all types, be they oral or infusion drugs, can certainly do this to uh, the nerves. And there's really an interesting finding that uh, while people think that statin drugs for high cholesterol and lipids can cause it, some experts say there is no specific relationship to this, and yet you'll find many people on statins, uh, myself included years ago, that after six to eight weeks of therapy begin to develop significant muscle cramps and muscle weakness, so the treatment is discontinued, and it's, it's difficult to say whether that was totally due to the statins or not. Now, as you go to try to find out about neuropathy, certainly you would go to your physician, get a full exam, see what they determine with regards to muscle strength, neurologic findings, and so forth. And then they'll do lab tests to rule out uh, anemia, blood diseases, cardiac problems, uh, neurological issues, thyroid. Thyroid 
patients, uh, usually those who have low thyroid function, can certainly have neuropathy. And then two specific muscle tests will help guide the physicians to a diagnosis. One is electromyography, EMG, where they place needles in the muscles and determine whether or not there's proper activity and function of the muscles. The other is a nerve conduction test, similar to EMG, place needles near major nerves, measure impulses from those nerves to the muscles to see whether there's any change in what they call the conduction of the nerve itself. If you get a diagnosis of neuropathy of any kind, certainly one would expect some treatment. Uh, diabetics, as we have just said, are going to have the situation where they need to keep their sugar in balance, so critical to the big picture, and then if that's taken care of, a lot of the neuropathy improves. Over-the-counter pain medications have been recommended. Simple Tylenol taken three or four times a day. NSAIDs such as Advil and other products will help relieve pain. And then topicals where you just rub something on the affected nerve area uh, can be very helpful temporarily. One that I didn't realize been around forever, Absorbine Jr. If you remember that, smell is horrible, but the Absorbine Jr. helps to ease off some of the pain. And then there are creams of capsaicin, C-A-P-S-A-I-C-I-N, which give heat to an area to help relieve a lot of this discomfort. Uh, many of those things seem to work quite well. Other things you can get prescription-wise, a lidocaine patch, which is an anesthetic. Put the patch on various areas and seems to help with the pain and discomfort. Doesn't always relieve the pins and needles sensation, but could help sometimes. Pregabalin, P-R-E-G-A-B-A-L-I-N, is a medication that works to help relieve some of these neurological issues. And then many of you have heard of gabapentin, G-A-B-A-P-E-N-T-I-N. It's been around a good while, and that product really does seem to help a lot of patients with neuropathy to improve sensation, stability, and so forth. And of course, good old steroids. Uh, people use steroids for everything. Sometimes the shots, sometimes the oral will help get rid of a lot of this discomfort. Other treatments that we look at uh, directly, anesthetics, as we mentioned, the lidocaine. But there are other anesthetics that can be used. And then direct nerve blocks. One can inject an area that is bothering you directly with an anesthetic. Or uh, sometimes I've seen medicinal alcohol injected into an area to relieve pain and seems to work in small numbers of patients. One thing that has been around a long time is TENS, capital T-E-N-S, transcutaneous electronic nerve stimulation. This is a little box, maybe bigger than a pack of cigarettes, that we have used for years and years and years 
through physical therapy on patients' backs, legs. We used to use it uh, when I was doing surgery for post-op treatments where you could attach these little electrodes to a patient's incision. Patient operates the device themselves and it's really, really quite helpful to reduce pain. Now this is temporary, it won't be a long-term permanent thing, but it, it can work. Another thing is applying splints to weaken joints, wrists, ankles, etc. And basically that helps with the motion irritation that we see can relieve some of the neuropathic symptoms. Heating pads, of course, we've used forever and ever. Uh, they now have, as you're aware, I'm sure, heating shirts, jackets that, that have heat sources in them, that blankets that you can use that can help relieve a lot of this. Wearing uh, heavy-duty warm socks will help with the foot neuropathy many times, just keeping the area warm. There are a lot of folks who use acupuncture, and I don't have any real experience talking to patients about this, but apparently that can help uh, many, many folks relieve the symptoms of neuropathy. Tai Chi, other yoga-like uh, exercises may help considerably with the neuropathy, as we said, Movement, very, very important. Relaxation movement. I mean, anything is worth a try. Massage therapy, many, many patients that I've known over the years and friends do massage therapy on a regular basis. Helps to ease the tension in the muscles and hopefully helps to relieve it. Now, as far as a long-term cure, I, I don't think so, but it certainly can help while you're symptomatic. Avoiding pressure on the joints. Don't cross your legs. Don't cross the ankles. Don't lean on your elbows all the time. That will create more pressure and more discomfort. Decrease your caffeine. Caffeine certainly can be helpful in some situations, but in this, absolutely not. Some people use walkers and canes to avoid the instability of movement so they don't have falls. And then alternative therapies, vitamin B complex, vitamin E, folic acid, homeopathic. Some people swear by white willow, feverfew, passionflower, turmeric, skullcap, and many, many more that you can just look up and see whether it does any good. And then when you look at the newest approved therapy, by the FDA. I just found that the other day. It's called the Proclaim, P-R-O-C-L-A-I-M, XR Spinal Cord Stimulation System, S-C-S-S, from Abbott Pharmaceuticals. Not a ton of data yet, of course, even though the FDA has approved it. Once a, a product or a drug is out in the general population, we begin to see a lot more feedback as to how good it is or how bad it is. So that would be an interesting one to follow. And then as crazy as it sounds, folks, the number one thing that you can get after you've been active is being able to rest and rest when you have a lot of discomfort. Catching up on sleep is important. Good sleep habits, certainly very, very important to help curb the symptoms of neuropathy, especially peripheral neuropathy. Now, this is kind of a short overview, and certainly there are many other 
things that can be checked on, but if you think you're having any of these symptoms and you have any long-term illness such as diabetes, please keep up with exams through your physicians and do the best you can to make sure that you're in the best of possible health. Now, until next time, Eudora Welty, famous author, stated, never think you've seen the last of anything. Amen to that. And Helen Keller, keep your face to the sunshine and you cannot see the shadows. Folks, I appreciate you being with me today. And if you have questions, of course, as we say, please contact me at shellgriff at gmail.com. That's S-H-E-L-G-R-I-F at gmail.com. I'll try to get back to you with any comments or refer you to the places that we think might help you. And as I always say, please have a safe and healthy day, and I'll see you a little further up the road.